Pandora's box is about to open wide. Welcome back to Pandora's box, everybody. Oh my god, we're back. First Pandora's box in a little while. Um, Yeah, we're taking some time off. I just want to say thanks to um, Hen and Joe from Shoot the Moon. It's cool to see you guys at the the gig the other week, at the Shoot the Moon gig. Um, By the way, for any listeners that haven't heard of Shoot the Moon, Look them up, go listen to their music, and like buy their CDs and merch and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, had a cool chat with the guys, and um, it's always nice when you hear um, you know, people that appreciate, you know, just essentially like silly stuff you do. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now, Scott, obviously, we've um, we've known the Shoot the Moon guys for a long time, haven't we, Drew? True friends and true friends of the pod. Yeah, true friends of the pod. Mm. You guys mm. are friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. <laughs> yeah, obviously, especially Joe, like personally, you know, I remember um. I remember like wrestling with Joe like on the Haygrove School field and stuff mm. back in like I don't know like 2005 or 2004 or something like that. Mm. So yeah, um, respect to you guys, and really you guys were like gave us the inspiration. I think it's fair to say like to to bring the show back. It's, it's not like um, we ever planned to like like scrap it for good, but obviously I'd said like you know be more of like a special occasion type thing, and and I want to get more guests on, and I still do. Plan to get more guests on. Um, we've been pretty busy recently, so I haven't been able to like, pour much time into like, you know, searching for for cool guests and stuff like that. But definitely need to work on that. But yeah, we have decided to basically merge Mystery Mondays and Pandora's Box because mm. essentially going back to the original format anyway. Uh, me and Drew mm. spoke about this because we always used to do mysteries, like cool mysteries and stuff, on Pandora's Box anyway. But then it's almost like when we started Mystery Mondays, it was almost like it was like almost like segregating the content a little mm. bit and it's sort of like um, shallowed we the waters. We no longer did them on the pod then. Yeah, really? and it's sort of like they shallowed the waters a bit and, and it's almost like watering down your content, isn't it? Mm. And um, I think in hindsight that wasn't, a, I don't think that was like a, a good idea, but you live and you learn, don't you? And I think oh, yeah. um, I have been really enjoying doing the Mystery Mondays and, and stuff though, so I think we're going to merge it. So basically we're going to have it as we're going back to doing Pandora's Box, so every Monday night, on the radio at least, every Monday from, from 9 until 11, Pandora's Box will be on, but every week we'll basically have like a featured mystery, and oh, we'll yeah, take it baby. in turns. Um, and I think really... But we'll it's also a, chat loads of weird stuff. Yeah, we'll also oh just like some, and just see, see where it goes. I mean, I think from talking to, um, you know, both um, the Shoot the Moon guys and just from other people that have, um, you know... Friends of lo- the pod. Yeah, other friends of the pod. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they like the fact that it sort of can just go in any direction. And um, But the cool thing about Mystery Mondays as well is I think we, we, we do end up just going off on tangents as well. Mm. Yeah. And it does lead mm. on to lots of other stuff. So um, even when we are doing the mystery, you know what I mean? It's like you're learning about a cool mystery, but we are going to talk a lot of rubbish and, and, and do the normal Pandora's box stuff anyway because that's just us, isn't it? Mm, we can't. Course. We can't help it. Even if we didn't want to do that, <laughs> we would do it. Um, but I thought d- doing this way, this way, doing it this way as well. Like me and Drew spoke about it. We want to give you guys the chance to sort of like listen to what you want to listen to. So, if for whatever reason you are really dead set against listening to the mystery stuff, I you can always mysteries. You can always just like skip to the, mm. the to after the mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's like me and Drew have really gotten into doing almost like a song a week, like an improv song a week. So we're going to do that as well. But yeah, again, if you don't want to listen to it, just just skip ahead. And then it means mm-hmm. that, you know, week, every week you will have Pandora's Box content. But then, you know, there will also be a cool mystery and then also be a cool random song. So if you were into like weird improv tracks and you want to get into that and you just want to see what me and Drew can come up with, 
then you can listen to that. If you don't want to, just just skip ahead, mm-hmm. baby. We got some things up our sleeve oh, for the music yeah. front. It was supposed to start today, but I had a little accident. Yeah, so you had a motorbike so accident. So I'm re- remoting in at the moment because yeah. I got stuck in a flood and dropped my bike in a flood. Yeah, tell us about um, what happened, Drew. Go on. Um, so uh, let's set, the, let's set <laughs> yeah. the scene. Let's set the scene. It's obviously uh, it's been raining a lot in Ingerland recently. Yeah. In, in Somerset, anyway, it has been. It's been absolutely tipping it down, and there's lots of fords and floods all over the place, aren't there? Mm-hmm. So I took on a puddle and I <laughs> did not win. It was yeah. It was I, I just turned off the yeah. 303. At a place called Kites Carry. Picture it in your mind, everyone. Picture it in your mind. I was about to cut across the levels the to, skies you know, are dark. Onto the Glastonbury <laughs> Road. And I looked over to my left, and in the fields, I, I, I noticed that they were flooded. I noticed that the fields were, were a mass with water. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? Carry on a little bit down the road, and I just see the road is completely flooded. And I'm like, but I'm on my motorbike. I'm cruising down. I've got all my waterproof gear on and everything. I'm like, I'm just going to take it on, baby. So As usual. Yeah. One thing that's uh, lovable about Drew is he always throws <laughs> caution to the wind, even when it's to his own detriment. <laughs> Gotta take a chance. <laughs> no, that was it. It was like, I didn't, uh, mate, I didn't even like, think, oh, I should stop and turn around here. I just carried on going. Mate, I can I just like, imagine yeah, it. I, I just know you. <laughs> I know you so well. I can just imagine you just going, literally, like one of your old sayings, um, I can't <laughs> say it, the expletive, because we're on the radio, but it's like, F it, in it. <laughs> that's like one of literally. That's like one of Drew's catchphrases. Everyone oh. that that's named Drew for a long time. That's like one of Drew's catchphrases. This was like th- this road was like fully like um, immersed in water as well for quite a long time. It wasn't just like a little one. It was like for ages. Yeah. And I got around to the middle, and I was like, and I could see how far it was coming up on my bike, <laughs> and it just went from it went from like bad to worse like very quickly. Got deeper and deeper. I ended up like going to the right hand side of the road. That was um you know, and I ran out of road basically and hit something just came straight off the bike completely flooded the bike and myself um, but bent your forks so, didn't you yeah bent all the forks and the handlebars like so my nice new 5000 pound yamaha that's is, a nice um, bike as well <laughs> yeah. honestly for, for anybody listening it's like a now. it's almost like a hybrid bike and it almost it's like a cross between what like i guess you would think of as like a harley and like a street bike I, mm. I don't know the exact name. I'm not like a massive bikey guy, but yeah, but it's like a street bike. Yeah, it's like yeah. an upright sitting one, like North yes, what you see like exposed end. But street bikes are usually mm. like you're like crouched yeah. over more, aren't you? Yeah, so it's like an upright. Bikes, yeah, it's like an yeah. upright bike, but mm. it's like but it it looks quite sporty still, doesn't it? It's, it's like a muscle bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a it's a nice looking bike. bike, all black, and then it looks like something that like Batman would ride or something. Yeah. So my Batmobile's um a bit worse for wear now. Drew's so. bat bike. Yeah, yeah, man, but um, he lives rains, on to tell pours, the man. tale. Yeah, at least when at least it rains, it pours. at least you're all right, man. Do you know what I mean? At least yeah. you're not like yeah, freaking dead or in hospital yeah. with like I crazy broken I think I might have bones. a cracked rib. I'm not too sure. Yeah, um, but definitely ribs hurting. That will heal, man. Yeah, let's face it. Out of all the bones you'd want to break, that's probably yeah. one of the least bad ones. Even if you have broke your ribs, like you, you, yeah, like you can't get it in a cast or anything. No, no, that's it. Just got to wait until it. Just got to wait a month or two, man. You'll be fine. They, he- they they heal stronger than than ever as well, as oh, long as you're not too. Do old, they? So. Yeah, man. Yeah, That's they, they cool. actually heal stronger. It's like they. Yeah, I don't know exactly how how it works or anything. I think it's more like yeah, I'm not sure. It's like in the fusion process. They they apparently <laughs> they heal stronger. So that's crazy, isn't it? I'm definitely not that guy with like super strong bones. Uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, most of us aren't, mate. I've broken quite a few <laughs> yeah. bones in my life. Do you know, Do you know yeah. when I posted that video, uh, that clip about us talking yeah. about the guy with the really strong bones, quite a few people were commenting saying they reckon they have that thing. Mm, um, yeah. Saying that like uh, all I of them, all of them having that same thing of not being able to swim 
and never like broken a bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Not bit, that's just like a funny like combo, isn't it? I can't yeah. swim, you just, you but I've never sink. broken a bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> either that like or an anchor. <laughs> yeah, either that. I I also do think though there's like a level of like the more of a risk taker you are, the more you are likely to break bones. Because mm. I what was that other thing about the cat, like cat owners? Yeah, like, the thing I told you, Drew. The thing I told you about with them going a bit quick. Oh yeah, the parasite, and they it makes you more like um take risks, take risks and be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Live so, life, um, live life dangerously, like Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. So I spent too much time around your cats, man. I think that might be one of the things, maybe with me as well. I grew up around a lot of cats, and when I was younger, I used to do create like silly stuff. Like, I think I look back, <laughs> I look back, and I think, man, how I didn't like break my leg, savage. I used to like just like remember once just jumping off like um, the parish roof in Wembley onto like solid concrete. <laughs> I remember my knees were caning, but I'm like, mate. That's like getting off lightly. Yeah, I'm surprised my legs is... didn't just snap like twigs, mate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. I watched this thing. This guy was like, um, he was climbing across like mountain stuff, uh, like across like a mountain, and they were like jumping off rocks, like yeah. into into other bits and that. And he just broke both of his ankles. Oh, man, and it's brutal, isn't it? I'm like, uh, right up a mountain as well. And mm. you think how savage that? Like, you just land, and yeah. then instantly you're. But land, it's not surprising like, oh. in a way, is it? Do you know what I mean? That's it's not surprising, happened. really. No. You're like, it's going to be like your ankle or your knee or, or your hip or something's yeah. going to just go... Because they're all joints. They're like, if you think you're putting yeah. that much pressure on a joint, it would literally, li- yeah, just yeah. kind of... I'm lucky bang, as well, mate. Cause I've never even had like any knee pain. Like, I mean, I, I went I went through a small stage of having tendonitis in my, I think, right knee like a couple of years ago, but that was more from just... Squats. push yeah i was like <laughs> squatting brutally like or like like um two or three times a week like heavy squats just over training really um and then combined with like other physical stuff mm. do you know what i mean uh, you know what i mean like the next day then trying to do other physical stuff and then I th- it's just wear and tear isn't it if you're like a mm. big heavy guy and you're like throwing around all these really heavy weights every now and again you know it's, you need to ease off the pedal and that's yeah, always man. been like my biggest problem which is in a way is good because i think it's almost like the opposite problem of most people when it comes to exercise but it's me it's <laughs> almost like it's always like just well, everything I'm doing is good, around. but mm. I'm probably just doing a bit too much. I could mm. probably just do with just taking my foot off the Next pedal a little bit. No one to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think I've gotten a lot better than that in the last couple of years, though, because I think as soon it's as all I about st- the balance, baby. Mm. I think once I got to about thirty, although that's obviously relatively young, it's still the same. It's, you're still like you can't get away with stuff you could get away with even when you were twenty-five. Mm. I feel like there's mm. a difference between me now and like twenty-five. I think I have to be mm. a lot smarter. Do you know what I mean? So mm. now it's like if I just start feeling a bit uh, overtrained, I won't not work out at all, but I'll have an easier session. I won't. Mm. I just won't really push it that hard. Mm. It's just more like, you know, um, greasing the groove. You know, motion what were you is lotion. Well? The I remember with with That's like it, baby. Ru- uh, the um, episode we did with um, Ruta, oh, and yeah. you guys were talking and like saying that if you overdo stuff, yep. it can end up. Um, well, what what were you saying about uh, about pushing till failure? Like, yeah, you, I found that fascinating when I failure, listened to the to the episode um, as well. Yeah, if yeah. If you push till failure, that isn't actually going to give you any of the benefits no, 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 than no. not doing it. So, well, no. so, what's the point? Literally, um, and uh, both through um, circumstance, circumstantial evidence, and literally through hard scientific data, um, there's like no literally no evidence whatsoever that taking exercises to failure actually has any benefit and in fact it show all the data shows that you can get the same benefits from taking say you were doing like a set of weights right say you were doing bicep curls and say your absolute um you know true fit you're going to reach absolute true failure at say 15 reps with a weight you get would get just as much benefit doing 12 or 13 reps Mm. with exercise i think that the, the the most that blows my mind the thing that that mm. causes 
um, real growth, right? It's all like maximum growth at the end of the day is like volume, which obviously mm. basically means how much you lift away in total. So it's not necessarily how hard you work in a single set. It's how much volume you can put your muscle under in a total week. So in oh, a way, okay. it makes sense. So think failure, but at the same time, failure has a lot of detriment because by taking a muscle to true failure, your muscle then has to work Weaken harder it. to recover. Mm. Because obviously, it's there's this balance constantly between like stimulation and then recovery, stimulation recovery. And if mm. you think about it, like um, if you think about it, like if you stimulate a muscle, right, then it's say you might need two days to recover. If you annihilate a muscle, you might need five to seven days to recover. <laughs> but then. Yeah, or, you know, and Drew's, Drew's thinking of a certain muscle that he works too regularly. <laughs> that's always a bit too sore. Seems to give it a bit more time to uh, recover, man. You know? Don't, don't, no fric uh, yeah, no friction there. burns, baby. No, 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 especially don't get the sock out, Drew. But um, <laughs> <laughs> friction burns are us. But, um, yeah, if you think about it, so if, if, if total volume is what's important, but, fail, but taking your muscle to true failure will cause your muscles to need five to seven days to recover rather than mm. two to three days. You're losing well, a if, lot of volume potential. Yeah, because I could, I, where, yeah. I could do four sets of barbell curls now and then, into, uh, and then but, and take every sort of set. I mean, in the first couple of sets are just going to be warm-up sets anyway. And then my two what you would call working sets, I'll take, say, you know, it's a hard set, but... Mm. I could probably, if I really put my mind to really it, I could do, yourself, I could do yeah. one or two more reps. So it's not, it's not an easy set. It's a mm. hard set. But you're, when you get to that point, almost I think where you, you naturally want to stop. Mm. If you're a naturally hardworking guy, that's probably about the right point. But then obviously, what you can do, if you override your mind, is then then grind out a couple of reps. It's probably mm. just best not to do that. And mm. then in two days' time, just come back and then do another couple. Consistency. Of I found it. Yeah. I found it fascinating when you were talking about. The I think he was I, I can't remember exactly who you were talking about, but I mm. think he must have been like a world champion lifter or something. Mm. And you and Ruta were saying that um he'd never failed yep. like in the gym. Ed Cohen. Ed That's Cohen's mental. Like, a lot of people think he's like pound for pound, the greatest pound for all time. And he's he he never ever failed a lift in the gym. Mm -hmm. That's because good, man. He never pushed crazy. he never pushed himself to the limit, but he said it had like multiple benefits. So for a start, mm. Um, you don't almost realize the effect that something like failing will have. And failing, don't get me wrong, failing is good because it, it, it's, it's how shows you react. It's pushing for it's, something. And it yeah. shows, and it's mm. your more like your reaction to failure. It, it shows mm. a lot about your character. But yeah. also, you can almost like condition yourself to fail. So if you yeah. become too used to failing, you expect yourself to fail. And then suddenly you're in a competition. You might mm. suddenly, psychologically, you're okay with failing. But then when you're in a competition, that's the difference between winning and losing. Mm -hmm. Because Ed Cohen never, ever let himself fail a lift in, in the gym. And that's purely because, that's not because he's a superhuman. That's just because he never pushed himself so mm -hmm. hard that he would fail. And then, But then he would always just then win in a comp. Because I psychologically... I think that would drive me a bit crazy as well, though. If I hadn't like failed ever on mm. it, I'd be like, oh, is it coming? Is it? Is it? Is, is it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I. You know, like the well, I think he just never even thought about it. And also, it's in a way it was like he was being smart, so he was training very smart. He was leaving yeah. his ego at the door, and he was also thinking like, um, "I'll always lift within my means." And then what you do is obviously leading up to say like a competition. If you're like a strength athlete, whether you're a strongman or a powerlifter, you would like um, you would like ramp up your weights as the weeks mm. go by. So you would like almost like so then you would almost get to like your your peak just as you're going into the competition. Mm. Mm. So you're like slowly ramping up the intensity, but like your your last session that you would do would be like a hard session, but it's still like a bit less than what you're gonna lift, lift in comp. 
So you're mm. like you're working your way up, but you're not too beaten up. Working up the stairs. Your, your body's not too beaten up, and you're psychologically you're ready just to you know mm. you've accomplished everything in your training. You haven't failed anything, so you're psychologically and physically ready. And it's only mm. a bit more than you were lifting in your last session anyway. So you're you're like I can do that. So it more just Oops. feels like almost like another day. You just mm. but so but it's like it's another day, but it's your comp. So it's almost like the best of both worlds. You just go in, you do it. You know, you're not too, you're not, your body's not too beaten up because you haven't mm. been training so hard that you've destroyed your body. Mm. But, you know, you're just ready and you're psychologically conditioned that like, oh, well, I'm not going to fail because I never fail. And that's when you get to push yourself like, yeah. to that, yeah. not failure, but, but to, to that, that absolute that abs- limit. Yeah, exactly. P- yeah, exactly. Th- that, that's that, that what I was talking about, about, you know, like you naturally stop, but you can override that and then grind at a couple. Mm. Then mm. he would do that, you know, mm. almost that's like, you know, essentially. Clear out the bag when it's needed most. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. Have you ever broken a bone? Yeah, I've broken quite a few bones. Just being a stupid... I was like, oh, I was just uh, a bit of a nutter when I was a boy, really. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very sensible nowadays compared to how yeah. I used to be. In mm. younger life, you... I remember I remember <laughs> being in school and you were having like a, like, like, a, like a wrist one on. Like, Did you break your wrist or your arm when we were oh, in... Oh, um, all sorts of stuff, mate. Well? <laughs> all sorts of stuff. There I mean, was always... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, I've broken quite a lot of stuff. I'm just trying. I haven't to actually the broken only, that much. The <laughs> only bone I've ever broken was my hand, and it was because I was mm. doing WWE fighting on a trampoline. To be fair, that's and a good I think way. I got like drop yeah. kicked off. It's but you know what? Go, I'm man. fine with that. I'll tell them. Oh, the I remember I broke my scaphoid bone. Me and Drew got in a fight with like about twelve blokes in Brit- in Bath, and Drew suddenly. Oh, yeah. Drew, they'll tell you what. I'm. Gonna t- do you know what? Drew's gonna love me now because I'm gonna tell you the story of Drew being a hero. <laughs> Here we go. Right? Because Here we go. and I think Drew won't My mind me. Drew won't mind me saying that like all through school, you let's face it, right? Uh, uh, I was a wee lad. You were ne- <laughs> you would less less you would you would never be the biggest or necessarily like toughest in our friendship group. You have lots of amazing skills which you are better at than any of your mm, I was a late friends. Developer. Yeah, but you know, like it, it, it was hard. You know, it, it would have been hard for you to make the rugby team, for example. Physical prowess was not my. Yeah, own. it's not your forte. You just you weren't <laughs> you just weren't born like with like any crazy athletic ability, and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that because or genetics. Mate, you can't have it all because I you're always had a bit of a pot belly. <laughs> well, yeah, I was skinny, yeah. but with a fat little belly. Yeah, and um, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so but it's was, like that was me. Yeah, but it's like you know. At the end of the day, I always skinny think that like arms, fat belly, dad bod when yeah. I was like twelve. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. I do think that some people are naturally more gifted than others. But the way I, I like to think of it is, is like imagine like if if we're all born with a cup, right? Mm. There's only so much talent that can go in this cup, and all of your talent is in creativity. Right, so you've mm. maxed out the cup. You've poured the water, which is in my yeah. this is and my like, euphemism. Muscles, baby. My this is my metaphor. <laughs> the the water in this is like the creative. Uh, sorry, the talent. Right, so all of your juice. talent that's filled up to the cup, it's already overflowing with the with the talent, the natural talent that you have in like music, creativity, and just being a hilarious person in a good oh, way. Cheers, bro. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you can't have it all. Do you mm, mean whereas it's mm. like other people might not have More quite gen- as much creative yeah, ability, but really then they're gonna genetically have genetically like like you know got those things. I always yeah, I always remember like my mate Matt Ward when I was like a really like young like kid being around his house, and like we we just done some like boxing. He had all these boxing gloves and that, mm. and um, like annihilated me basically like <laughs> in the boxing, and then yeah. and we were sitting down and he was like he was sitting down like just playing a game or something after, and he had his top off. <laughs> and I was thinking, fuck it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah. I, I 19 minutes but, 30. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, I looked down at my belly and I just had roll after roll. On top of each other, oh. right? You know, like, and I, and I had like three rolls of flab. And then, yeah. but he his his he was sat down still, and like, but his belly was like completely flat, and it yeah. wasn't like a six pack or anything. It was like genetically, he mm. just had like the build of like a, and that, but you know, mm. and it's I think some people were just born with it. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, sort of getting back to the initial point, and this was almost like one of the reasons why it was almost like so amazing. And I can remember, like, I remember we were with some girls, and I remember they were almost just like, just like, oh my god, Drew. But um. Yeah, we'd be been out with a, a girl um, that I sort of like saw on and off for a couple of years that me and Drew were friends with as well. We were out for her birthday in Bath. Mm. and um, Really nice place we went. No, no, yeah, it was like called Raphael's. It was a nice mm. place. We went with um, these nice two girls that we knew. How long ago was this? Uh, I think me and Drew were like 19. Right. It's like the same age right, as you. Right, right, right. Yeah. 19, 19, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So picture me. My mm. age. Yeah, yeah. So but the same age as Bullwinkle. Nah, maybe 18, mate. Maybe yeah. 18. Yeah, it might, no, 18, I'd say. Yeah, no, you're mm. right. I reckon it was 18. Definitely, it might have been 19, but if so, um, maybe I was 19 and you were 18. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I'm about mm. half a year older than you. But, um, uh, yeah, we were out for this birthday. Being out for this really nice meal. I was, like, suited and booted. It was literally <laughs> just, it was just, like, me, Drew, these two girls, and then this other guy as well. And then um, after, oh, no, it wasn't, no, there was, um, Kate Loder was there as well. There was three, mm. We were three girls and then another guy as well as us. So we were in a group of six, three girls, three guys. And then when we left, we were walking um, up the street and it was starting to get dark. And we passed a group of about like 12 guys who um, I found out afterwards. I don't know if you remember that um, security guy telling us they were like a, it was like a rugby team. Ah, oh, okay. Because they were, I, th I remember thinking like in hindsight, they were all like big blokes, weren't they? Mm. Like there mm. were some of them were like bigger than me, and there were other ones that were like even though they were short, like they were almost like Uncle Johnny stature. Do you mm. know what I mean like not necessarily really tall, but they're just like broad and like mm. little tanky guys. And um, we were walking past them, and they were like all just like you know being on the lash, and they were all, like, and one of them said something rude, didn't they, to one of the girls we were with? Mm. And then I can't remember. I must have obviously said something to him. I can't even remember what I said back. But then, then they were like shut back at me, and then we walked towards them, and then I I punched one of them, didn't I? But then they all just like gang beat me. Mm. And they were all just like proper kicking me in and punching me yeah, in. Yeah, because I remember seeing it start, and I thought there was only like two or three people, uh, like you know, when and when it, the initial like confrontation like started, and then all of a sudden the next there was like twelve thing, guys. Was, like yeah, there was like it was literally just surrounded. People That's probably not the smartest thing I ever did, but death before yeah. dishonor, you know, death before <laughs> dishonor, <laughs> yeah. baby, you know, go down on your shield. So I literally I remember like. You were, we were walking obviously the way, but then I walked towards them, and then yeah, I punched like the one that was gobbing me off, or the one that said it. I don't know, but then they, yeah, they all just swarmed on me, didn't they? Mm. And then I remember like yeah, I was like on the on the ground, and I remember there was just about like literally like ten they guys, were literally, like, literally in like a ten, circle yeah, kicking you, like ten guys yeah, just like, like full on kicking me in. Damn. And then yeah. Drew, like literally li Drew at the time as well was like skinny ass man. Like I could have <laughs> probably I could probably pick, like you at the time I could probably pick you up in one hand like over my head. Like mm. Drew probably weighed about nine stone or something stupid. Mm, um, yeah. and like so skinny weren't you you're like mm. so skinny I can't remember if you still had your dreads but either way you were freaking skinny and Drew um, like walked over and obviously I didn't I couldn't see this because I was too busy getting my head kicked in um, <laughs> by like <laughs> 10 guys but oh, um, there was I like did, a little bloke wasn't there like stopping you you yeah, tried to obviously get in and be a good mate the other guy yeah, we were well, with just was, didn't do was, anything it was before like so I could, you were about like 
15 yards away in front down the hill a bit getting kicked in by all these guys and there was this like really big fat guy who like hadn't actually gone over as well but he was and trying he was to standing stop in you. front of me and he yeah. was like and he just went don't even think about it and I looked over and I was, and I was thinking, he is not going to be able to catch me even if he runs after me anyway. Yeah. So like, I just, I like, yeah, like ran over like um, to all the guys that were kind of kicking and kind of like um, bowling balled into them and managed to punch well, you, one of you, them. Well, you freaking floored one of them, didn't you, with a punch? <laughs> yeah, I jumped Whoa! into it. And Drew had like never had a fight. Drew, nice. like, Drew had like never been in like a street <laughs> fight in his life. As far as I'm aware. Not like properly anyway, not like that. No, and Drew yeah. just freaking floored this guy that was Took like a whole rugby team. Drew floored a guy that was twice his size. Nice. Literally twice his size, just completely floored him. And I remember like afterwards the whole night the girls were like, Drew, that was mental. And then <laughs> and then these like bouncers ran down from on the road and then they sort of like yeah. once that they then sort of dispersed. I was I was fine. I had like some bruises on my body and stuff like that, but I was alright. When I was alright. Mm. But I broken I broken uh, my scaphoid, which is like the bone just below the thumb, because when I hit the floor, my thumb snapped back on the concrete. Right, right. Right. Um, I remember I didn't go to the hospital for like two days, and I remember I was like, um, like rolling up and stuff like later on that night. <laughs> Freaking pain medication, isn't it, dude? I've got like I've got the image of it in my head, man. You know, you just got these like little Im images of like certain situations, mm. and like when you were like on the floor, like you weren't even like lying on the floor, like you you literally. Oh yeah, I had my faculties. Your yeah, you went onto your hands and knees, and I put my hands over my head. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're supposed to do when like you get attacked and, by a bear, and, isn't and, it? And, <laughs> but like you know like kind of up still it wasn't like oh like like you know like gone into a fetal position or anything it no. was literally yeah just like that like well i think i, head, I think like, like <laughs> naturally i didn't obviously consciously think about it but i thought when you're getting kicked in by like when you're outnumbered like 10 to 1 keep your head um at least <laughs> like yeah just like so i was just protecting my face and my neck because mm, yeah. i don't get care you know if you get someone kicks you in the back it's not really gonna hurt do you know mm. what i mean or like in like the thigh not much, but really. That was the thing. It like it, it dispersed them off you a little bit because I ran over and yeah, like I punched one, but I like jumped in to just Superman like, punch. Yeah, you know, it, so it was all Drew Superman so punched the sky. It's like funny like, image of Drew boom, just like running like, in and literally booming them all over. <laughs> Well, playing it was bowling, like a bowling ball. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, and then, and then the, the, and then the, um, uh, the, the bouncer guys uh, ran yeah. down, kind of like. And I remember I got up, and then doing... I remember they were like, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then they were like, "That was a rugby team you just took on." And I was like, "All oh, right." And I remember I was like, <laughs> "Just like, all oh, right." And then I just remember that Meg and Willow were like. Drew, we did not know that you had that in you. <laughs> and I was just like, sound bro, sound bro. And I just remember being like, uh, the guy we were with, I was just like, oh yeah, cheers for you helping then. Because I remember like in town, yeah, like he would always act like he was a bit tasty. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's like one of those guys that like in a Bridgewater and stuff. He'd act so like he's a bit But yeah. then he did like nothing. Then Drew, who would be the first to admit, do you know what I mean? That like, you know, he would struggle to even make the rugby team. Drew just then Superman punched out this guy who was like twice his size. Nice. This like 17 stone bloke. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then luckily, yeah, those bouncers came in as well. And then, and then, yeah, we, I, we just, you, well, you drove us back to Bridgewater, didn't you? And mm. we went around our mate Mole's house and um, uh, we just 420 it. <laughs> Be done, man. I always find that though in any kind of situations because yeah I'm not very confrontational not fight, very fighty or anything like that but it's when something happens to like someone that you care about is that's when yeah. it brings it out in you to be like to have Unlocks to act that, like, and, animal and, I, and, I, and I tell you what mate and I really believe this I think there's every now and again and I don't think it happens very often I think it happens like once every three years maybe not even that I think you are p life deals you a situation and in that moment it is time to show your true colours. And there's one yeah. good thing, there's what it's all good and well, living your day-to-day -day life 
thinking you're a certain way or even other people thinking you're a certain way. Yeah. But when it's that moment, it's it's right, it's crunch time. Mm. And if you and you've got an option in that moment and and it's like which which path you choose will stay with you for eternity. Like, in my opinion, like mm. even after you die, because that's yeah. the true test of your character. And the fact that you did that says a lot about you as a mate. And obviously, as a result, I mean, I think you know this anyway, but I would always do the same for you. Yeah. Because man, you think to yourself, yeah. like in life, don't you? Like, you know, it's important to you. Like, you know, you think so when someone does that to you, you almost have like a like a debt to him like not like not like in a like in a bad way like it's an obligation but it's almost like a debt of honor you know like mm. a debt of you know a debt of gratitude a debt of honor whatever way you want to call it it's like in star wars man like the reason why <laughs> chewie always has han solo's back is because han solo freedom is a slave but as a result now chewie is like two freaking han solo's death chewie was by his side every day yeah, and he would have died for him do you know what i mean because that's like honor you know yeah yeah that's dude. important man stuff like that's important Really yeah, important. It's good, to, it's, it's good to have people in your life that you know you can like rely on in certain situations. Like, man, I, I've called you up loads of times in, in yeah. you know, yeah, things. Yeah. That, yeah. Normally, it's because like my car's ran out of battery or like you know because I've left the lights on. <laughs> but I know you'll be there, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's mate, like, you've got um, to, you've got to. In one of these, in one of those troublesome situations, or when I crashed my Hyundai, at, like, <laughs> yeah, come and got you. Yeah, well, that's what man. I'm saying, though, man. It's like in those situations, in my opinion, that's almost like that's like crunch time that's like do or die mm, time mm. and it's time yeah. it's times like that you need to step as a human being it's time to, it's, yeah, it's, those, it's those all good and well being like well it's nothing you. to do with me mm, but it's mm. like okay yeah well that's fine but then don't expect um to be i don't know like, i don't even know what to say do you know what i mean it's like don't expect to be um it's all good and well watching a movie or something and then some mm. guy doing some crazy thing or some really like, you know, something that could put himself in a lot of harm or a lot of danger mm. or, or just a massive inconvenience. But you're doing it because you know it's the right thing to do. It's very easy to watch a movie and think, I'd do that. Mm. But in real life, would you? Mm. Mm, would definitely. you actually, though? Because most people, or at least a lot of people, actually won't. It's that yeah. impulse thing, isn't it? When yeah. there's no time to deliberate or no time to even really think. Yeah, yeah. And it literally is just acting on that animal instinct mm. of yeah. what am I going to do? And and yeah, like you say, it definitely is sort of a, a life-changing moment, I suppose. Be yeah, careful, man. though, because it can also take you into the flood and uh, make you drop the <laughs> motor mic in the water as well. Because I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to go for this. I'd get through yeah. there. <laughs> do you know that, that cat thing that we're talking, bringing it a little bit full circle, that we're saying Drew might have, yeah. Um, the cat parasite that essentially just makes you more daring. Yeah. Do you know it infects more than a third of humanity? I reckon we both might have it, Drew. That's crazy. Yeah. I reckon we both might yeah, have man. it. Yeah. I used to get real cushed up with um, Frosty <laughs> when I was around <laughs> And Morticia. I've just and, grown and up around cats as well, man. My yeah. mum's a crazy cat lady, isn't she? <laughs> she is like the archetypal... I mean, you know, she's not going to like, you know, throw peanuts at you randomly from her doorstep <laughs> i don't know why but that's just what i imagine like a stereotypical <laughs> do you know what i mean but is that what is that what is that i don't know i've got this image of like this crazy old lady in my head with like gray <laughs> hair and like glasses <laughs> being like get off my porch and there's just cats everywhere get off my land. and you can just smell cat weed just emanating out the house like she's not like that she's like a really polite woman and stuff like that but she's just always been a proper you know a cat a cat woman mm. you know mm. and like i can just imagine like you know when my old man pops his clogs i can just imagine she'll just get even more cats and it'll just be like <laughs> her and just like 20 cats and she'll just be like sitting there just like <laughs> my mum's like an avid reader and that i could just imagine her just like sitting there just like reading all day and night and stuff with just like these cats all the around shoulder. her 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. One on her lap. Two either side. Just all in the room, just gravitate, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so I wouldn't be, maybe I do, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it would explain a lot, I think. Especially, mm. as I said, the way I acted when I was younger, because I've like done a lot of work on making sure that I'm a lot more sort of like of a balanced human being nowadays. But yeah, just that weird, like throwing caution to the wind type thing, man. Mm. You know? Mm. Or just yeah, doing stupid I, stuff. Yeah, just man. stupid stuff, you know? Well, it's, it's, it comes from... Uh, the parasite is to infect mouses so that the mice. mouses... Yeah, mice. Mice. <laughs> mice. Mice. <laughs> mice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dogsies. Uh, to infect... <laughs> to infect mice to uh, like leave their hole uh, so a cat can catch them and eat them, essentially. Really? Yeah, just throwing caution to the mouse. is like, I don't even care, mate. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. On. Mouse come, is getting on his bike. Come on, try and eat me, man. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to freaking do a Drew Armstrong and Superman punch yeah, the cat man. out. <laughs> <laughs> I also I'll tell you what another hilarious Drew story, which is um oh, yeah again God. like just throwing caution to the wind. My my uncle Dom's a copper, as I might have mentioned on the show before. I think I probably have at least a couple of times. Anyway, um, my uncle Dom, um, I, I went to see him one day, and he told me that he was like he was like, oh man, I got a hilarious story about your mate Drew from the other night. And I was like, what happened, man? <laughs> and um, he said that he was like on the beat. My my uncle Dom was on the beat, and it was like Saturday night, um, kick Palace kickout time. Uh-huh. And um, God, Drew must have just gone and some, like wandered off on his own, where he was like wasted. But apparently, none of my other uh, our other mates were about. And he said that he just saw Drew, and he was like, "I recognise him. He's, he's Callum's mate." Um, and Drew was on his own, apparently wasted. And there was like a group um, of like yeah, about like you know like five, five, six lads or something, uh-huh. like almost like typical Bridgie, Bridgie Palace lads. Yeah, if you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, and they were like taking the mick out of Drew because Drew's got all of these. Um, Nice little musical cardigans that is Nan, um, right? Nanny Pam made you, ain't you, Drew? Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, so um, they're all like, yeah, they're all like, you know, handmade cardigans, and they've got like musical notes on, uh-huh. and I think you've got like a grey, is it like a grey and black one, and then you've got like an orange and black one. Yeah, in fact, if I was at the studio today, yeah, um, and we were doing video, I was gonna be wearing my orange and orange. Oh, and black really? One. Nice, yeah, nice, like, nice. <laughs> yeah, because you're like almost like mm. it's almost like I think you're almost like known for them in a way. Mm. But um, yeah, but yeah, nanny knit nanny uh, jumpers, and yeah, you know, it, it's cool. And I think that one of the reasons why I think that um, anybody that's um, an, any true G's will will obviously think like, yeah, you know, it's like, what's what's wrong with respect. that? It's, it's cool that your nan made you that jumper, and you're showing you that respect that it's nice that she made you it, and you love music, and it's like, you know. But yeah. just typical Bridgie guys, obviously, are like too cool for school. We just just triads in their like River Island tops, which are probably like a size <laughs> too small for them and that. So they like try and live as hench as possible. Um, they were like, "Oh, you're a nice cardigan, mate. Nice cardigan, mate." And like taking the mick out of Drew and like yeah, just just being uh, K N O B S's. And um, <laughs> but Michael Dom said that he was like just thinking, "All oh, right, um, I, I was a uh, I was I was Cam's mate going to react. I was Drew going to react." And apparently Drew turned around and like wasting him and was like. Why don't you go F yourself? <laughs> but then apparently when he said it, he went <laughs> and was like saying it like he was like full on taking the mick out of them and that. And apparently they started being like, what? 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 Do you want some, mate? Do you want some? And then apparently my uncle Dom just like went up to Andrew was going like, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. You want and apparently he said, I think he said, I think my uncle Dom said, I don't know if you remember this, Drew, but I think my uncle Dom said that Drew said something like, why don't you go and, why don't you go and um, S-U-K- what S U C K off your mate? Why don't you go and <laughs> right, right, right? I'm right. just gonna say it. Why don't you go suck off your mate? 
it's not a swear <laughs> word. Um, and apparently they were like, yeah, we started getting all like Larry. So then my uncle Dom was just like, um, Drew, Drew, get in the car, get through. And my uncle Dom just like put Drew in the back of his police van, <laughs> and then just yeah, like, and I was calling him Uncle Dom as well. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Uncle Dom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Michael Dom is just like drove. Uncle Dom. Yeah, yeah. And then Michael Dom just like yeah, he just put you in the back of the police van, then he just like drove you home. Yeah. <laughs> like, drove you back to Cannington. Back to Cannington, yeah. And I remember it was it was one of the big vans as well, so it was like a riot van kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember so him saying that he like didn't bother like saying to you to put your seatbelt on or something, and he said that like because Michael. Dom- I was literally in the cage. I was in the yeah, cage yeah. at the yeah. back. <laughs> and Michael Dom's like a very mischievous Flying guy. About. Michael Dom's mm. a very mischievous guy. Um, it's where it's where I get I. It's where I'm quite similar to him in this respect. Like he loves, he's a bit of a prankster. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. He, 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 he loves pranking. He's quite silly. And he said that like he deliberately, because obviously I guess you you can a little bit as a cop. He deliberately ragged it back to Carrington. He said, and he kept like taking like hard rights and hard lefts. <laughs> he just he said he was just looking at his review, just see through like <laughs> slamming into the side of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> but just like you yeah, know, this really teach me a lesson to be just like drunk. well you know oh. I think he just thought the whole thing was hilarious but I remember him being like yeah, yeah I remember him being like yeah dude he was about 30 seconds away from getting filled in oh my <laughs> god but that's you know. a win though taking yeah. a win mm. from that didn't get punched and you still got to win and, that, and that and you got interaction you got a freaking chauffeur driven home yeah. by the 5-0 yeah, mate that you beats know a mean? taxi dude you must have been taxi. yeah you didn't have to pay for it you must have been so confused like one minute you're just outside fast <laughs> literally five minutes later you're just like oh I'm in Cat- back in Callington got a free ride yeah. home with Uncle Dom <laughs> yeah Uncle Dom if yeah, you're listening you are a legend man actually my Uncle Dom Leg is such ends. a such a such mm-hmm. a hilarious guy and just a unit as well isn't he man he's just a freaking unit mm. like, hey, Dom's one of those guys that, like, if you know him even if you don't like him, you respect him because he's just mm. one of those guys. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's one of those guys. Much respect to Uncle Dom. Cheers for looking after both me and also Drew um, it, when we've done stupid stuff in the past. Because <laughs> I, I owe Dom a favor, actually, for some stuff. Actually mm. involving your brother. Oh. Have you heard the story about when no, I... No, I have not. No. Oh, man, I'm going to have to tell this story now. <laughs> <as well. laughs> it's all coming out. It's all coming out. What a way episode. to come back to, to Pandora's yeah. box. Yeah. Stories. Nostalgia. I'm loving it. So when... Story time. I, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. No, this was this was after the bath incident. So I reckon about a year... So I reckon I was 19 by this point. So right. I, was, I, was, oh, I, w- I was with you for this, man. As you well, were. I remember. About the <laughs> start, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, you were. And you were with me afterwards as well. Mm. So this was about a year after the bath incident. Um, and we were at a Cherries gig and there was a stage for anybody that's listening that's from Bridgewater there was a stage from about 2008 to about 2012 where like the Cherries gigs were almost like the place to be weren't they Drew? Mm. It was like the Labour Club it was like the second coming of the Labour Club It was like at first it was like Bridgewater Albion was like mm. the place to be for gigs, and then it became Labour Club, and then it was like Cherries, which is mm. hilarious because Cherries was just like a little cafe in the day. Yeah, I used to go there all the, the time. Guy we used who owned it, and he yeah. just like loved putting gigs on there and everything. And do you remember he like George, like funny old guy, our friend Georgie mm. Linden used to work there, and I used mm. to always just go in and just like have a breakfast there, and I would just like talk to her while she was working, but I just like sit yeah. there and have a, like a fried breakfast. It was great, <laughs> but um, yeah, there was like gigs there all the time, and we left. And your brother Jake was there, so we were only, we were like nineteen, and what's Jake? Jake's like four years younger than us, I want to say. So Jake obviously shouldn't have really been there. But yeah. He was like fifteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, let's face mm. it, we all do it, don't we? We all do it. <laughs> let's like let's cut. Let's like, you know, let's not let's not talk. Not beat around the bush. Let's not talk poo. Especially at a place like <laughs> Labour Club and like Cherry. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like it's not like could, it's like some know? hard dodgy gig. It's like a gig, mm. and you know, it's like a lot of people like. Jake like music man. probably had like siblings about like you know Josh and I had known Jake since he was literally yeah. like like one or something like that so it's like he knew a lot of people there 
you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, he probably had like a cheeky freaking cider or something. But mm. so what, man? He's like, it's not like he was like five. Yeah, he's three years younger, but he's also like late on in the year. So he's I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what, so he was born in 93, was he? I think so. <laughs> I've I don't know. I know. I think that he was in four I know years. Josh is 13 years older than me and Jake's yeah. 10 years older than me. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that makes sense then. Yeah. For some reason, I always had it in my head that Jake was like in the, like four years below me in school, but I could just be wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, I could yeah. just be wrong. But um, either way, Jake was either 16 or 15 then and um, we were at this gig and we left and the gig and it all just like happened like, at, like so quickly and out of nowhere. But... Um, we all left as like a big group and Drew was going to stay at mine that night. And Drew, I, I, I at the time lived in um, Chilton like Street. It was a flat, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, it was a house. But me and, me and um, I lived, uh, I, I was re- co-renting a, a house down, down Chilton. Um, and we left. And you, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like a, a supporter of the police. Don't get me wrong, because I feel like they get a bad rap. Mm. But also, let's face it. They're just people at the end of the day, and just like people, some of them are cool, awesome people. Yeah, like I think my uncle Domar, and others are absolute just mm. idiots. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, they're just yeah. they're just more than happy to abuse their power, and yeah, the sort of people that almost like take enjoyment from trying mm-hmm. to find a way to book on a bit you. of a power trip. Exactly, exactly. Same thing with teachers, isn't it? Some teachers are sound. Some mm-hmm. of them are just like, man, what are you even doing, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, clearly got like a small penis or something, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh. We were walking and I can't remember. It was, like, it was just like banter between your brother and his mates. I think it was like his mate Rory said something. He was always quite a cheeky lad for my memory. And he said something to Jake, like taking the mick out of Jake. And Jake just like really loudly back was like, you know, like F off. Like Rory, you little. Right, something. right, right. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. Something. And then it's like all of us. I don't can't even remember that's like seeing them beforehand. But then it was almost like out of nowhere, this weird like Larry Copper Almost like, it, and I remember thinking it was weird at the time because it was almost like he was like starting on Jake. Right. That's like right, his. Right, right. That was like his like style. Yeah. Of policing, it was like really weird. I don't. I I reckon he probably didn't last as a copper because I remember thinking in my head, in like my wasted head, that it was like re- the whole thing was really weird. Uh-huh. And it was almost like he was like on the section of the public like order act. You cannot swear in public in that. Right. And then I, I remember Jake was like, what? And then I just like instantly it just sort of like butted in. And I was like, mate, 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 calm down, calm down. I was like, he's just, he's just sworn at his mate. They're like just having a laugh. Like, mm. And he was like, under sections, just like repeating himself. Like, but like being proper aggro. Uh-huh. Like none of us were even being aggro. Like yeah. we were just like being proper aggro. And I was like, mate, are you trying to tell me you don't ever swear? And he was like, ah, and then, oh, mate, I was pretty wasted. So I can't remember the, the, the exact specifics. But anyway, it just like got full on Larry. And then I remember all these other coppers turned up. And I remember one of them was being okay. But then there was this little short, fat um, police sergeant. Mm-hmm. This little short, fat, bold police sergeant. And then I remember like they started getting a bit, um, I shifted all the attention onto me. Um, which I was pleased about. Because I always felt like, because I'd known Jake since he was a little lad. And because he was still at an age where I guess I felt like he wasn't, you know, as, you know, as like phys- he hadn't fully developed yet or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like nowadays, I know he can ha- probably handle his own stuff. I'd still stick up for him if I saw him in, in, in trouble in, in public, mm. whether it was, um, you know, regardless. But especially at that age, because, you know, I said he wasn't like a fully grown man yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I shifted all the attention onto me. And I think he just like managed to get away. Pretty funny as well, because like um, Josh was definitely have been there, but Josh just didn't get involved, and I think he just like walked off, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Because as as a which is 
which is so Josh in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in the telephone box. <laughs> you were like, you were like, you were like, wait here a minute, mate. I just need to go sort this out. Like, and I, oh and yeah, I, and you, I'm, you yeah. were like, wait, yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. just, I was just kind of waiting there. Yeah. Because um, there, I, there was a reason I wouldn't have wanted to be um, yes uh, near yes. the police at that time. That we cannot say. <laughs> we, can, we can't say it on air. We can't say on air. But there was a reason. There was a reason, yeah, yeah, hashtag 420. But there was a reason why Drew couldn't go over there. But um, I was like, so I, just... I was watching all of this, like, yeah. from a telephone Watching box it unfold. 30, yeah, 30 yards down the street. And, and, like... and it ended up with the, yeah, and, and it was getting, and I was, I remember I was like, in this argument with this little absolute idiot <laughs> who was like this, the one that was like started on Jake. And it was like, right, it was, it right, that's, right. that's the only way I can describe it. It's like he started on Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so weird for a copper and it seemed so unprofessional to me that I just like wasn't having it, mate. I wasn't standing for it. So, um, so yeah. Um, anyway, and the next thing I know, they started doing the whole like, oh, you know, you're obstructing justice and all that. And I was like, oh, you call this justice and that. And I was like taking the mick out of them and just being like, you know, a bit drunk and, and Larry. <laughs> And then they um, try to arrest me. And I'm not proud of this, maybe a little bit. But anyway, I resisted <laughs> arrest. And I can't remember, I, def- I, can, I can say that I didn't deliberately do this. But in, in like, um, I remember I was thinking it fun- was funny because they couldn't put the handcuffs on me. And they kept trying to put my hands behind my back to like put the handcuffs on me. But I just, they just couldn't do it. Right. I was just resisting right, right, and they right. just couldn't do it. And I was laughing. And then I think in like the scuffle, at one point, I accidentally like floored the police sergeant. <laughs> like, didn't punch him. I pushed him like in the tussle. Right, right. And I right. think it was like a really cold right. January night or something like that. So I think the ground was quite slippery, uh-huh. and that probably like added to why he tumbled. But then I remember like instantly it was like right van, right van, right van. And right. then this riot van pulled up and it ent- and they and I remember I was full on resisting arrest and they couldn't get me inside the police van and they couldn't handcuff me. And it was almost just like, yeah, they just couldn't do it. And it just kept this big tussle. And then this like, and then all of a sudden, this little light bulb went off in my head. And it was like, Callum, you are definitely in more police trouble than you've ever been in your life now. You should probably just get inside the back of the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then because I just, uh, it was like this weird voice of reason that just cut through all of my layers of intoxication and just like belligerence. Uh-huh. And then I literally just walked into the back of the riot van. But I remember even thinking that was hilarious because I, I, I willingly walked into the back of the riot van and then really dramatically they like suddenly like stumbled over to the van and like shut it really quickly. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. As if, do you know what I mean? It's like, mate, I willingly just got in yeah, there. Like, yeah, yeah, And then I just remember on the way back, um, just that you could tell that the police sergeant was like, I think he was embarrassed that he had obviously had been pushed over in that. And mm. he, could, he was like this little cue ball and he was bold and he had a little goatee. And he, you could tell he thought he was a bit of a hard man, but he was about five foot four or something. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, and uh, you could tell he was just probably a bit embarrassed at being pushed over. But he, as a, resu- as a result, he was laying it on me on the way back. And he was, he was, I remember him being like, you are in serious trouble. He was like, you've assaulted a police officer, obstruction of justice. And he was just reeling off these offensive. And I was, it really was offensive. And I was thinking, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Bad day. Bad I was like, day. what have I got myself into here, man? Like, geez, 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 geez. And then, um, and then, man, I remember I was like arguing back with him, though. And I remember just being like, you know, do you really think that this is justice? And, and I was like, you know, the way that you're, you're freaking squaddy or whatever um, like you know, I was like that. Guy, I was like that lad that he did. I was like, I've known him since he was in nappies, and I was like, and you freaking piled on him. The way that you're, you know, he, you, you're in, res- you're responsible for him. You're his sergeant. You're responsible for him. You think it's all right for him to go and like start on people like that in public? Do you? I was like, that's disgusting. I was proper, proper laying it on back and like arguing with him. 
and then I got obviously taken back and then had to have my you know all the all the standard stuff that when you spend a night in jail and then yeah I went I I, I was in uh, the jail cell for about an hour and then the door opened and my freaking uncle Don was there nice and he was like, come on, Cal, come on, Cal. And I was like, what? And I was like, really confused. Because I was in there in the cell and I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to have to go to court. Right. Hopefully I don't, you know, I'm either going to get like a massive fine or I might have to do like, spend like a month in jail or something. I don't uh, no, yeah, no, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. no, sorry, in the prison. Yeah. Worst case scenario. And then, yeah, like long story short, like um, I think because of like the complications of, you know, the fact that the police were being so out of order and stuff. Yeah. With it, and there was probably CCTV that showed that and things like that. Anyway, my uncle Dom, um, luckily managed to sort of like put the the, the case to bed and, and 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 gave me a lift back. I wasn't even in there for about an hour actually, Drew, was I? Because I can remember mm. it was almost like I was in there for like a really short amount of time. And then I remember I rang you, and mm. you were like, "Man, I did not expect to be hearing from you tonight." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I know." I was like, "I didn't even make," and you were you were with our mate Joe Wynn. Mm. And you and you were like had last minute had to try and find somewhere to to sleep. So you you, you asked Joe Win and he said that you could crash at his house. Um, and I was like, Nah, man. I was like, I was like, Meet me at Ch Chilton. Meet me at Chilton. <laughs> and then we, yeah, we met up at Chilton, and then we went back to mine. And um, like most of our stories, <laughs> four twenty, baby. <laughs> 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 yeah but um yeah they were like well out of order there mm, like, mm. Do you know i mean that was definitely like I've, I've mixed that memory up with the with the one where we um went back to um the i swear it was in was in Chilton where your where your brother was staying oh that's no um, that's that's i was at the flat that was a different yeah that was so a different I've occasion mixed up the two stories and that yeah with that one where, that was a memory story as well yeah <laughs> We're going to listen to a couple of tracks now anyway, but yeah, when we come back, um, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, maybe quickly just talk about that one. And uh, <laughs> Oh my God. No, it's all coming out, isn't it? It's all coming out, man. And then, um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit maybe, and then we'll do um, our mystery of, of the day. Welcome back, everybody. That was Angel of Death by <gasps> Thin Lizzy. Before that, we had Lunacy by Camel. Both have epic keyboard playing in Baby. <laughs> You're listening to Pandora's Box. Cheers for chilling with us, everybody. It's time for this week's mystery. Oh, my. Time to immerse yourself in the world of the weird. Mystery Mondays. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mysterious music has commenced. Oh, my. Right, so it is my turn for a mystery this week. We are going to delve into the mystery of the Jersey Devil. <gasps> have either of you two ever heard of the Jersey Devil? I feel like I have. I don't have know interest? why, but I feel like I've heard of the Jersey. I've heard the name, at least. I don't know what it's about. Really? Heard of the devil? Perhaps. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I've there. heard of the devil, <laughs> Drew says. <laughs> yeah, I'm not man. sure about the Jersey one. Mm. Yeah, well, this, is a, this is a specific devil. That's probably, as you can imagine, in Jersey, mm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I will get into it, everybody. The New Jersey Pinelands are home to miles of pine trees and sandy roads, but it is also home to New Jersey's most infamous resident, the Jersey Devil. Designated in 1938 as the country's only state demon, the Jersey Devil is described as a creature with a horned, horse-like face, large bat-like wings, and an almost kangaroo-like body, but with cloven hooves for feet. 
For more than 250 years, this mysterious creature is said to have prowled through the marshes of southern New Jersey, only to emerge periodically to cause fear and chaos through the local towns and cities. The Devil's Origins There are several intriguing origin stories for the Jersey Devil. One such tale tells of a young New Jersey lass from Leeds Point who had fallen in love with a British soldier during the American Revolution. The British had come to the region because the iron furnaces at Batstow were supplying their privateers. In 1778, the British engaged the Americans at the Battle of Chestnut Neck. The local townsfolk of Leeds Point were disgusted that one of their own was fraternising with the enemy and called her liaison, an act of treason. They cursed the girl, and according to legend, when she later gave birth to a child, it was hideous and inhuman. It became known as the Leeds Devil, and eventually the Jersey Devil. One of the most famous and supposedly most accurate origin stories also tells of Leeds Point. However, in this account, on a stormy night in 1735, a Quaker woman gave birth to a child during a thunderstorm. The room flickered with candlelight. The wind howled. Lightning cracked in the skies above, and some believed her to be a sorceress. The impoverished woman, known only as Mother Leeds, was believed to have had many other children, as many as twelve. Some say that when her child was born, he was deformed. Some say she cursed the child because of her dire straits. Others point to the fact that the number 13 is traditionally seen as an unlucky number, and that her sorcerous ways had led to her 13th child being claimed by the devil, and thus born a demon. Some accounts say the child was born normal, beautiful, but that it took an but that it took on odd characteristics as the years went by, slowly morphing into a monstrous creature with the aforementioned elongated body, winged shoulders, large horned horse-like head, cloven feet, and thick tail. That's almost creepier. I think that's creepier. I was yeah. thinking, like, say, like, um, obviously I'm biased, but I think my daughter's very beautiful. Mm. I was thinking if, like, if like slowly over the course of like mm. say the next five years she just slowly morphed. Like at first it was like just a bit off. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then by the end it was like this demonic, hideous creature. That would be mental. Uh-huh. That would be straight man. up like the fly or like something. Like getting winged shoulders and stuff. Ho- like a horned horse-like head. Man. That just sounds Do weird. Do you remember that Witcher episode as well where there was that um there was that princess or something or like the that turned into this turned into this beast. And he had to go and fight her in like. Do you remember that one? Do you know what? I can't remember it. Oh no! Uh, oh no! Wasn't that was, it was that the, the one with the um? Was that in that like big mansion? And it was like a. She was like a. Oh, what was she? No, there was the, there was this thing where where the guy he'd and and he'd actually like had a secret affair with this woman and she'd given birth to this thing but the thing that she gave birth to had like grown up in the cavern and became this like hideous beastly thing and he had to go and fight it but he put her in the coffin at the end of it and it broke putting her in the coffin broke the curse and she woke up an actual girl ah yeah 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 do you remember that yeah man that was that was just remind me of that anyway sorry (laughs) yeah no no that's cool that's cool man but yeah that is a yeah it is like that isn't it Anyway, after this had happened, according to legend at least, the child was locked up by its sorceress mother 
until one night it made its escape, either out the cellar door or up the chimney. Regardless of which story, if any, you choose to believe, the Jersey Devil had been born. The Devil's Deeds Tales of the Devil's exploits abound. He has taken on a variety of forms. It is said that because of the Jersey Devil, crops have failed, cows have stopped giving milk, and droughts have ensued. He's been known to blow the tops off trees and even boil streams. He was blamed for the loss of many livestock that was found in the morning strangely mutilated. I find that a bit interesting, only mm. because it sort of goes in with a bit of like the, the whole mystery of cattle mutilations. So you could say like maybe the Jersey Devil was like some weird alien. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like obviously in those days they would have thought it was something to do with a devil rather than something from space. I'm looking at a picture of it and it looks pretty alien. Yeah, I mean it looks exactly like you described it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, pretty yeah, creepy, man. Pretty crazy, yeah, yeah. Some believed that the devil appeared every seven years. Others said that he foreshadowed disaster and foretold of war. Sightings of the devil. Prominent citizens and even government officials are among many who had witnessed sightings of the infamous creature. It have included businessmen, postal officials, and policemen who had seen or heard the creature and seen its tracks left in the snow. Commodore Stephen Dacateur was an American naval hero in the early 19th century. According to statements, he visited the Hanover Mill Works to inspect his cannonballs being forged. While there, he visited a firing range and sighted a demonic flying creature flapping its wings in the sky. Absolutely shocked by what he saw, he fired one of his cannonballs directly upon it. Apparently it missed, as no damage was done. But afterwards the Commodore swore that his aim was true, and that the cannon blast simply had no effect, and the creature simply flew away. Joseph Bonaparte, the brother of the insanely famous Napoleon Bonaparte and former King of Spain, was also reported to have seen the devil. The incident took place in Bordentown, New Jersey while he was out hunting in nearby woods. The infamous Captain Kidd was once reputed to have buried treasure in Barnegat Bay. Legend, but Captain Kidd by the way is a, is a famous pirate. Legend has it he beheaded one of his men and buried him with the treasure to forever guard it. Accounts among the superstitious claim that after this event, the headless pirate Spectre and the Jersey Devil became friends and ever since have at times been seen late in the evenings walking along the Atlantic coastline and in nearby marshlands. I have to say, that image is like pretty freaking mental. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine it actually happening, but can you yeah, imagine man. just like walking along at night, you've just been somewhere, you walk about and you see a freaking ghost of a headless pirate and this demonic wing <laughs> piece, just like walking along, just like having a chat. That is mental. Well, I suppose you wouldn't be able to have a chat if you hadn't got his head. <laughs> Just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com comfortable silence. Comfortable <laughs> silence. In Clayton, New Jersey, the devil was once witnessed by many people at the same time and was subsequently chased by a large group of men to the edge of a wooded area. The demon fled into the wood, and the posse, afraid to pursue him, halted and let the creature fled, flee. Every single one of them swore to their deathbed that the event did take place, and their stories were all eerily consistent. Mm. 
I think that's a bit of a mental one because this, this story is so far-fetched and yeah. it seems so crazy. But there are so many witnesses and sightings of it. And in this case, for example, it seemed like there's, you know, a, a, a ver- like a really large group of people. That's all what I was about to like, say, yeah. And like, all corroborated the story. If I feel like if it was if it was singular people that were making these claims, but the fact, like you said, that some of them were, were like in groups. Yeah. And everyone's saying that they saw this thing. Yes, yeah, weird, is isn't it? Man? Crazy. It's really weird. Where was it? Yeah, the devil's sightings have over time covered great geographical distances. From Bridgetown in the south of New Jersey to Haddonfield in the north in 1859, to the New York border in 1899, and from Gloucester City to Trenton in 1909. Until this time, tales of the devil were passed by just word of mouth. However, published police and newspaper accounts during a famous week in January of 1909 took the story of the devil from a remote community story to a widespread American legend. 30 separate sightings in a one-week period told of the devil sailing across the Delaware River to Maryland, Pennsylvania and Delaware. Newspaper articles created a panic in the region. People were terrified for their lives. The police and volunteer civilian men patrolled the streets at nights with guns and torches and it's said that the local churches were filled with priests and sinners alike who prayed to God that the devil would not come for them and claim their soul. 30 people in a week. That's crazy. 30 separate people. That's a lot. Completely just unrelated That's cases. That's crazy. To the point where there was even newspaper articles about it and the police even were like patrolling the streets at night. Mm. After the 1909 appearances, the scientific community was asked for possible explanations. Reportedly, science professors from Philadelphia and experts from the Smithsonian Institute thought the devil to be a prehistoric creature and even possibly a dinosaur. Had a small community of creatures somehow survived in nearby limestone caves for millions of years? New York scientists thought that the devil might be some sort of undiscovered marsupial carnivore. I think that's quite almost like a funny random theory. Yeah. Like a marsupial is like a specific type of mammal, isn't it? Like a kangaroo Mm. or like an opossum or something. It's just really funny that, oh, it might just be like a massive undiscovered marsupial. Yeah, yeah. And there's only one of them about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Could it possibly be some sort of large, thought to be dead species of fissiped? That's a good word, isn't it? Fissiped. What is that? A fissiped is a mammalian predator with paws, essentially. Right. Yeah, again, that's a bit random, isn't it? So, like, mm. a, so like a dog, a cat, and a bear, they're all fissipeds. Right, 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 right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so I guess they were thinking, you know, the same way that, you know, in the past, there we've talked about it on Pandora's Box before, but, you know, we talked about um, entelodonts or Terminator yeah, pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought it was like, yeah, some, some sort of creature that we thought were dead that right. is somehow, uh, although it doesn't, the thing that I think is about silly about that um, theory was that they, it says specifically fissiped, which as I said, I'm pretty damn sure means a, a, a mammal with paws, like a, like a predatory animal with paws. Uh-huh. But it was, but the, but the whole folk legend is that it has hooves. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Weird. I guess to be honest, when you've got a story like this and then you're asking the scientific community to yeah. explain it, it's always going to, I mean, I think it's really good that they did though. Because yeah. I think in these, you, you should in these instances, you should go to the scientific community because they're going to help you solve the case. But just with this one, it, it didn't work out. Regardless of the theories, the, the Academy of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia could not locate any record of a creature 
living or dead species resembling the Jersey Devil. The search was now on. Superintendent Robert D. Carson of the Philadelphia Zoo offered a $10,000 reward for the devil's capture. That's almost $330,000 in today's money. Many expert hunters scoured the lands, yet to this day, the reward remains uncollected. Mm. It's pretty cool that you could, like, it's still out to this day. Yeah. So if you did find it, yeah. you, could, you could be a rich man. Take it to Philadelphia Zoo. <laughs> 330 Gs, baby. I'm going to dedicate my life to that from mm. now. Animal trainers at the Arch Street Museum in Philadelphia had their own idea. This is hilarious. You wait. This is such like a funny thing that a human would do. Yeah, animal trainers at the Arch Street Museum in Philadelphia had their own idea. For, pl for publicity purposes and financial gain, they actually claimed to have caught the Jersey Devil themselves. <laughs> After a short amount of time, however, it turned out that their Jersey Devil was a large kangaroo that had been painted green and given a false set of wings. <laughs> Can you just imagine being like, hilarious, man. Like, right? Like, you no, know, it's like, it's like, thought, we've got the Jersey on? Devil. Come, yeah. you come to our zoo. Come to the zoo. We've got the Jersey Devil. Go in, and it's literally a green kangaroo with like, I can imagine almost like really like silly like fake wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really obvious, and it's just a kangaroo just like eating like an, an apple. Imagine it's all, like, it's all unveiled in one big event and they're like, everyone's got to come down. So you, everyone's got their yeah. ticket in the nearby city or, yeah. or town or whatever. And you're all waiting, you're all chatting. You're like, so this thing's actually been caught. You yeah. finally get there, they open the thing, you go, ah, oh, that is not yeah. the Jersey Devil. <laughs> I actually as well have a, a picture of the poster that the Philadelphia Zoo, um, sorry, the Art Street Museum in Philadelphia had put up that, that you know that to um, promote that they had caught the, the Jersey Devil and, mm -hmm. and to like you know try and get people essentially to pay to come and visit it. Um, I was going to put it up in front of the camera because Drew had his motorbike crash today. Um, God rest his soul. Um, <laughs> we haven't got the camera, so this one's just going to go out on Spotify and the radio. It's not going to go out on YouTube, um, unfortunately. But it's cool. Next week it'll go back to normal. Obviously, mm. we didn't. You, you can never test, anticipate a, a, a motorbike or car crash, can you? Let's face it. Um, but just for Bullwinkle, um, yeah, look, that's the that's the actual the poster that they put up, oh claiming that they'd caught the Jersey Devil. That's mental. That's so hilarious. it says on it. It says, Ninth um, and Art Street Museum caught and here alive the Leeds Devil captured Friday after a terrific struggle, um, <laughs> exhibited exclusively here. Um, blah 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 blah. It swims. It flies. It gallops. A living dragon. Um, yeah, and all this other stuff. Um, and then it says 10, mi 10 cents admits to all. So um, that's just hilarious, that's hilarious, isn't it? It's hilarious, but he looks like really happy as well. Do you know what he yeah. looks like? It's like um, what's that Pokemon? That it's like it looks a bit like a Charizard, but it's not a dragon. Yeah, a Charizard. Um, it's like it's like it looks like um like a really happy like silly version. Yes, it's like, like a, a Dragonite. 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 Yeah, Dragonite. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a Dragonite. It's like it's got like a <laughs> smile on its face. It's hilarious. <laughs> a later theory states that the Jersey Devil could in fact just be a Sandy Hill Crane. The Sandy Hill Crane is a large bird standing at over four feet tall when on land with a wingspan of over six foot in some cases. It is also noted as being particularly ferocious. So that's quite an interesting theory. Yeah, I'm called? looking at it now. The, the, sa the Sandy Hill Crane. It's called a Sandy Hill Crane. It doesn't have a horse head, <laughs> which is the, yeah. the first thing which I'm thinking when I'm looking at it. But yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess I can kind of see. I mean, it looks a bit dinosaur-y. I guess it's like if, you, if it was like late at night, and I think in those days, everyone was drunk. 
Yeah. Like, it's one of those things we don't necessarily think about it, but pretty much you've got to bear in mind, everyone back in the day, up until, I don't even know what year, it was, like, common yeah. to be drunk every day. Pre-prohibition America. So imagine if you were, like, really drunk, it's late at night, you're walking back, yeah. it's a foggy night, imagine, you're in the middle of nowhere, because where, where the, in Leeds, in Leeds in, um... In Leeds, in, in New Jersey, it was a very rural area. It was mm. surrounded by woodlands and marsh. So, you know, you're a little backwards community. You're all a bit superstitious because mm. it's, you know, 250 years ago, everyone mm-hmm. was. You believe in the God and the devil like you believe in the sun and the moon. Yeah. And you're really wasted on uh-huh. rum and beer and whatever. You're walking home, this creature with an over six-foot wingspan, which is big. Yes. You know I mean? It's like a yeah, large yeah, man. Yeah. Like, flies over the head of you like... And apparently it's like a particularly ferocious bird. Uh-huh. You can see why if you were wasted, or you know, you never know. They might have, some people, you know, the first person that saw it, they might have been taking the shrooms. We don't know. Yeah, they yeah, might have yeah. been in the woods, like freaking doing all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is that placebo thing as well, isn't it? Where if, if everyone's saying, oh, there's this Jersey devil going around, mm. and then you saw this, that I would like play into it a little yeah. bit more as well, where you'd be like, oh, that's it. And if And if some sort of like, um, somebody with a good imagination who's read a lot of fantasy books and is a bit of a prankster then comes up with a story like the like the origin yeah, story yeah, we were talking yeah, about yeah. there was a sorceress that lived in the woods yeah, she yeah. had 12 children and the 13th one was like born like of Satan uh-huh. you know like as soon as that's told once it's like Chinese whispers it goes around yeah, 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 yeah. and then before you know it the whole of America and then that, well now the whole of the freaking world knows uh-huh. about it do you know what I mean but it uh-huh. might have but who, who knows who knows Anyway, despite the terror that the devil inspires in most circles, the farther north you go in New Jersey, the more benevolent the stories of the devil become. And interestingly, although the devil has reportedly been seen countless times over the centuries, he has not actually been known to kill or even harm anyone that we are aware of, at least, although he is tied to cattle mutilations. Servicemen from the Vietnam War era have said that they considered the Jersey devil to be an anti-war symbol, in 1973, the Jersey Devil gained nationwide attention after a feature film was made titled The Legend of Boggy Hollow that starred the Jersey Devil. <laughs> in 1996, it was reported that the Berlin-based comic book company Cosmic Comics had created a character called JD that's based on the Jersey Devil. In the comic, he protects the environment and searches for truth wherever he goes. Naturally, Comparisons have been made between the Jersey Devil, the Abominable Snowman, Bigfoot, the Chubacabra, and several other strange creatures. Mm. Even the most ardent skeptics must ask, what are the true causes for these repeated (coughs) cryptid sightings with numerous credible and seemingly reliable witnesses throughout the course of human history? Are they all a case of mass hysteria, hallucination, and misidentification? If the Jersey Devil is in fact completely fictional, then we are still left with a massive question. What exactly have the residents of New Jersey witnessed stalking the woodlands, coasts and skies for almost three centuries now? Is it a cursed child born of witchcraft? A spawn of Satan himself? A large bird? A strange undiscovered winged marsupial? Or a dinosaur even? We will most likely never know. But there is one thing we can all agree on, and that is that the tale of the Jersey Devil is, and most likely always will be, 
a mystery. Oh. oh. I think it's a shoe bill. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just came in with that then, Drew. I think it's a shoe bill, mate. Shoe bill. Everyone go. Everyone. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Oh, he's they are got, terrifying. He's got a they point. They like dinosaurs. They are they, terrifying. They, they got they got like massive, massive weird beaks and they oh, look man. like yeah. dinosaurs. They, uh, when I went, you know, I went to the Isle of Man in like June or July, whenever it was. They had them mm. at the Isle of Man ju- um, <laughs> jail. <laughs> they had them at the Isle of Man Jew. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Jew, like the zoo, but <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah, they, the, they did. They have them at the zoo. Hello. They had a, um. Hello. You're at Drew. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Hello. Hello. What? <laughs> Drew's gone, everyone. Drew's gone. <laughs> no one. Oh. oh. The shoe bill has gone The shoe bill's the claimed Jersey him. Devil the shoe bill. The Jersey, the Jersey Devil's claimed Drew. I like it that whenever we do a mystery, the the antagonist always targets Drew's side. <laughs> whether it's the, whether it's the, the Peter Gibbs uh-huh. or now the Jersey Devil itself. Drew, are you there, man? <laughs> Drew? Gone forever. Drewzy? Sorry, guys. We're having a bit of um technical he, It says that Drew is connected. Because, uh, yeah, as we explained at the beginning of the show, Drew's come in over clean feed, um, which is basically, it's like, it's essentially like Ouija board. Mm. So I always just, I always I think of it in my head. It's like we're communing via Ouija board with Drew. But me and Bullwinkle hello. are, f- hello, Drew. Uh, <laughs> hello, back. Drew. Did you oh say, like, I was like, so I was like surprised. <laughs> <I'm happy then. laughs> hello, Drew. I even just called hello. you by your normal name, which is like yeah. never happens. <laughs> hello, Drew. Oh, sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened there. That's I, all right, I man. Lost connection with you guys. That's all right. He's back, everyone. He's back. Dan. Hey there. Yeah, anybody that doesn't know what Shubel is, Google it. It's a mental, crazy looking bird. It doesn't even look real. But they had like three or four of them in the zoo in the Isle of Man when I went there. And man, they are like, ske- it's like sketchy being in, within like five feet yeah. of them because they look they so aggressive. As well. And their heads must be like over a foot long, man. Mm-hmm. And they've got this little point at the end of their beak. And you just know that if they freaking attacked you with that, it would like draw blood. Yeah, yeah, they definitely look like dinosaur birds, don't they? Like I can tell, yeah. like when you've been talking about dinosaurs before and these crazy terror birds and stuff. I'm like, yeah, they look. like I'm pretty sure birds. they're like super carnivorous as well, aren't they? Like I'm gonna, type, I'm gonna type in shoe build diet. Do you know what it almost reminds me of? Do you remember? I don't even know if you remember this, but I think it was literally maybe the first, or it was near the first Pandora's mm. box that I ever joined you guys for, and um, I was talking to you about a story I heard. Uh, where there was this like dog man that was like stood over someone when he was sleeping and oh, he like yeah. woke up and the dog's head was like twitch or oh, his girlfriend woke up and she was seeing this like dog faced man horrible. like twitching oh. over his body that's horrible man. and then he found out that his ex-girlfriend had seen that too that's um, yeah that's horrific mate that's horrific. yeah horrible story but that's almost what i imagine like that kind of weird dog faced uh horse body crazy looking thing that to be fair can't even really be explained crazy yeah 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 they eat crocodiles which is crazy yeah i just read that so they they, 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 they eat big f- fish like lungfish eels catfish catfish grow mass as well and also crazy stuff like nile monitor lizards snakes and baby crocodiles that is mental that is crazy that they eat crocodiles man. Uh-huh. Uh, any bird that eats yeah. crocodiles man they look They're evil too birds. they look they do look evil don't they? they've got like a weird like facial expression like they're plotting something all the time if one just if you just like walking down a dark alley and you just came across that and it was like facing you just dogging you out that would be scary (laughs) yeah you know what drew i can actually fully see that that's terrifying Mm. man yeah they're quite big but i wouldn't say (laughs) from seeing them in person 
don't get me wrong, I, their head is almost like disproportionately large, which yeah. makes it creepy. But I, I'd, I, I mean, I can't remember how tall. I reckon they're probably about four foot two, actually. Mm. Yeah, I reckon they're about four foot two. I would say that probably mm. came up to like just below my chest or something like that. So yeah, maybe like my, my belly button, which I guess. One point three meters in height, apparently. That's pretty tall, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty tall. Mm. Over, over a meter in height, yeah. I think I'm like one point eight five or something like that. Yeah, I'm one point eight three. So that's like pretty tall. That's pretty tall. Damn, son. But yeah, Crazy. could be a shoe bill. But I don't know if shoe bills ever seen or found in uh, New Jersey. Yeah. In New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? New Jersey, baby. And New Jersey. But yeah, that was our mystery for the week, everyone. The mystery for We hope that you've day. enjoyed it. We only have one thing left to do now. So yeah, this is what we're going to do from now on, just to like fill everyone in. So we're mm. going to just go back to doing old school Pandora's box. Um, and you know, as I said, originally, we always used to have cool mysteries and stuff. So we're just going to have like a featured mystery every week. And because me and Drew have been loving doing the, the improv tracks and stuff, um, and we've been ramping up with the intensity, it literally started off with like tapping on Tupperware and just going Mystery Mondays. And then it sort of like, you know, brought a guitar in. Then it was like mm-hmm. a, t- a guitar and a synthesizer. Then it's like, you know, twin, you know, two guitars and blah, blah, blah. And then last week we got some effects involved. And then Drew's going to get his looping stuff involved. So we're going to go full full ham. We're going to go crazy on full it. Full ham, mm-hmm. baby. Um, so yeah, so we're going to finish the show now with a improv track of the week. Oh my. So if you want to stick around for that, stick around if not I mean you should stick around for it on your bike mm. yeah you should stick around for it because it's like just part of the parcel isn't it's it really finish the show on a high uh-huh. baby it's like a free online concert with your pod mm. but yeah um, if not we'll see you next week either way yeah we'll see you next week guys next Monday um, so Pandora's Box will be on Aspen Wick Radio <laughs> um, oh. and Next Steps Radio every Monday from 9 until 11pm Will also, as usual, be on Spotify and usually on YouTube. But obviously not today because Drew had a motorbike crash, and mm-hmm. as a result, did not bring in, couldn't bring in the camera stuff. But we love you guys. Hope you've enjoyed the first Pandora's box in, in, in a while. We've, we've explored cryptids, oh, yeah. Jersey devils, um, Drew Superman punching antics, um, freaking loads of crazy stuff. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, baby. So tune in next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about? Um, maybe we'll talk about um, the most massive lizard that ever lived. (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Catch you later.
apocalyptic world Land cyborgs Cold in human flesh Over metal skeletons Technological nightmares Apocalyptic world We are prey We unlock the door to the grave Slaves to our own arrogance And naivety world, we are the prey, we unlock the 